all over Twitter, there was a bunch of hubbub about a particular story. So this is where I first saw this story. YouTuber Shinobu Yoshida was found guilty posting a Let's Play of Steins Gate, My Darling's Embrace. Sentenced to two years prison, suspended for five years, and a one million yen fine. It's the first time someone has been found guilty of copyright infringement by posting gameplay videos. I looked at this and I'm like, I know that Japan is a lot more strict in regards to copyright. They don't even have a concept of fair use like America does. Every country has their own laws. It continues here. He was also found guilty of posting edited videos of Spy X Family anime. Prosecutors stated his actions maliciously trampled on efforts of content creation by negatively impacting sales. The defendant said he wanted to share content as a hobby. So I wanted to look into this more. So I read a bunch of articles and these were my main takeaways. They were not Let's Plays. The Japanese YouTuber was convicted for making fast content of visual novels and TV shows. This is like a genre of content. You may have seen this sort of stuff like on TikTok where an entire movie is summarized, that kind of stuff. At least that's my understanding. It's an entire genre of fast content. It's not like commentary. It's not transformative. It's not creating a new work. It's just taking someone else's work and distilling it down shorter. So yeah, I say, this is the process of condensing down a work, creating a marker substitute, containing the plot, all story details, and ending. As far as his conviction was concerned, reports are conflicting as to his sentence. Some say he was sentenced to a five-year period where if he breaks the law again, he has to pay a fine and go to prison for two years. Others say he has to do the two years plus the five-year suspended sentence. I don't know if this confusion is based on people's understanding of what suspended sentence means. I looked it up. A suspended sentence seems to mean that within a period, if you violate the law again, then you do the sentence. But it's still, I don't know which one of these is true. Even looking at the Japanese sources, because I can only use translate, right? Sentencing a person for two years seems harsh, but a suspended sentence of five years, and if he does it again, he goes away for two years, that seems fine, right? Especially considering, like, he just admitted to guilt. He's like, yeah, I knew what I was doing was illegal. I knew it was against the law, but I did it anyway. But again, I don't know which one of these two sentences is true, so I can't really comment on if I agree with the sentencing. I dislike that a lot of people were framing this as this dude was doing Let's Plays. Especially when it came to the Spy X Family anime shortening versions. That clearly wasn't Let's Plays. There was no commentary on any of this as far as I'm aware. One thing that people said though is that this Steinsgate thing that he posted, it came out in 2012, you know, over 10 years ago. The anime stuff is far more new. It's actually still being released right now. So for those who don't know, visual novels are games, but really they're just stories. There's no real gameplay element there. You might have the occasional choice. We've talked about before how of all the game sort of content that exists on YouTube, this is the sort of content that is probably most negatively impacted by the existence of gaming related content. You can totally understand how content made around League of Legends or any sort of persistent online service is just a huge benefit for it because you don't lose anything of the experience by seeing someone else play it. But the more story focused a game is, the more that you're just purchasing a story if you give money, the more that someone giving away that entire story for free on YouTube is potentially gonna impact sales. I've talked before about how when Stanley Parable, when I first heard about it, like like 10 years ago, whatever the hell it came out, on the Philip DeFranco show, rather than buying it myself, because I didn't have the money, I, or even if I had the money, like I, I was like, well, I'm just gonna look it up on YouTube. Why not? And I just looked it up on YouTube and saw all the endings and never purchased it. It wasn't until many years later when it re-released, I purchased it and showed a bit of it in a video. If you see a bit of a story, that can inspire you to go seek out the rest of it. But a person just releasing a video that's the entirety of the story of a visual novel can obviously impact sales of that visual novel. Because there's not really much of a difference between the experience of watching on YouTube and playing it yourself. We often talk about what fair use is meant to enshrine, and it largely is based on the value that you leave behind. 
Is there still value in the original work? Is it still able to do what it wants to do on the market? even after you've done what you want to do with that material. And posting an entire visual novel or posting an anime on YouTube, it, all its story elements, its endings and all that stuff, obviously can impact sales. And it's not something that's going to be considered transformative or defended under fair use. And it certainly isn't going to be that way in Japan that doesn't hold to such laws anyway. But apparently, people who make visual novels are well aware of how this sort of content can impact their sales. And so this person here points out, I'd like to point out as well, this act isn't strange. Visual novels are a story-based market. The story is what they're selling, not the gameplay and story together. This type of policy has existed for visual novels in general for over a decade. What they did was a violation. So they're showing this policy here. This is from 2019 for the visual novel Lucy, The Eternity She Wished For. Restriction on streaming has been lifted. Soon the third anniversary of Lucy is approaching, so it's been out for three years. So we decided to release all restrictions on streaming of Lucy. As a result, you are now free to upload the whole gameplay of your stream on YouTube or Twitch. If you previously uploaded the videos on private setting, you may now switch it back to public. However, this does not include no commentary videos, ending only videos, or extracting and uploading the OST music separately. We would like to express our sincere appreciation to all streamers who have respected our streaming policy and have kept promises. Thank you. Because you want to have material that markets the visual novels so people can learn about them, but not replace them, not create a market substitute, as we often talk about. And the closer that your game is just to a video, the more a video is going to be a market substitute. But you can see based on this policy that a visual novel that's been out for 10 years, the Steingate's My Darling Embrace, to what degree that's going to be impacted by this is a little bit sketchy. How many people were still purchasing it? I'm not sure. Small clarification, what he uploaded was the visual novel Steins Gate My Darling's Embrace. This originally released for the Xbox 360 in 2011, but was re-released in English for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Microsoft Windows in 2019. It also was released on the PlayStation Portable in 2012, PlayStation 3 in 2012, PlayStation Vita in 2013, and iOS in 2013. The Xbox 360 version became playable on Xbox One through backwards compatibility in 2017, but its newest version was released in 2019. So, I guess it's depends which version he re-released, but obviously most people didn't consume it back when it was on Xbox 360. So he wasn't uploading something that was 10 years ago, which was suggested when I was talking about it originally. And apparently he did it back in 2019, as in when it was getting re-released, he put the entire thing on YouTube. Now he may have used the original footage from Xbox 360, but that still would have certainly been a market substitute for the re-release of the game, or rather the visual novel on these new platforms. So a little bit different than, oh, it's just a 10 year old game. Why do they care? What I'm trying to put out here is there's more to this story than, hey, Japanese YouTuber did a Let's Play and went to jail. That, that is not what this story is. It doesn't matter, though, how old it is. It is their product. They get to decide unless there is copyright expirations. Oh, it's, it's still their rights. Absolutely. It's just you would expect and hope that the more time has passed, the more lenient that companies, companies will be in regards to this stuff. We can debate how long copyright should even be held for. Like, I think 20 years is probably fine. Like in 20 years, if you're not making back your money, what are you doing, you know? If you're not getting some return on, on your investment of time. Okay, but putting people in jail for two years, basically destroying their life for it, it's not common. Exactly, but did he go to jail for two years? <laughs> we don't know, it's, it's not directly clear. And the fine, while it says 1 million yen, it's uh, 10,000 USD, I believe. Copyright is held for 70 years and 20 years after the maker's death. I believe that's in the US. Yeah, and I think that is ridiculously too long. It did annoy me though, a lot of the commentary where people were like, oh man, the Japanese abusing copyright again. Oh, what is this? Uh, what, what happened to fair use? And it's just like, there was nothing that suggests that what this dude did would be covered under fair use. Anywhere close. But as we say, like, it doesn't matter if Japan has fair use laws. We can all get behind the idea of fair use. That Japan doesn't have fair use laws is something we'd rather Japan change. 
it makes perfect sense that people should be able to use something else someone else has created as a foundation to build off of to create something distinct that targets a different market for a different purpose, using the bare minimum of the original copyrighted material to make something distinct from it, as fair use is meant to cover and protect. It's just, as discourse exists online, it's like anything that anyone creates is always covered under fair use. It's just not true. Oh, this was one last silly statement. Regardless, this is absolutely insane and ridiculous, and the content should have just been claimed by the copyright owner so they get all the money. Easy solution. I don't think people realize how much money you pay for like licensing an anime. It's hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in some cases. It depends on like how old the anime is and stuff, but whatever. What a YouTube video is making is pennies compared to that. When you're talking about like a visual novel that might sell for $20, right? You need like, like 4,000 views to cover one sale. Like if any of those 4,000 people would have purchased the visual novel for $20, that's just breaking even if the video got 4,000 views. As I said here, this is a silly statement. The money obtained from a YouTube video is pennies compared to what you'd pay for the licensing rights for that IP. The cost for the users to engage with that content through official channels is worth far more than the pennies the content makers, the content makes on YouTube. This idea of revenue sharing being a be all and end all solution to the reposting of copyrighted work works is just insane. Stop. Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.